0: Hey everybody and welcome, you are listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room, join me each episode with a different special guest, we'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. This week I'm joined by the pop punk princess of Birmingham, Jay Andre. Jay is a performer, dancer and DJ. They are also a resident performer at Mother's Meeting and the Nightingale Club. Today me and Jay talk about competitiveness, the Birmingham drag scene and embracing femininity. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello everybody and just before we start here is a lesson in masculinity 101. In ancient Rome and medieval Japan, A man who failed in his duty as a warrior would be expected to commit suicide rather than endure the shame of public humiliation. Glory on the battlefield allowed individual men to increase their standing in society. The honour of winning in combat was valued more highly than life itself. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Locks Locker Room. Today I'm joined here by Jay Andre. Hi Jay. Hi. Hi everyone. My name's Jay Andre. Hello, how are you doing today and um, for the audience that is because I know we've just spoke. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing good,
1: thank you. Uh, keeping myself very entertained during lockdown and trying not to go insane from the boredom of staring at the four walls that is my flat.
0: <laughs> I know it's kind of like, I don't know about you but it's difficult isn't it to f- kind of find a routine when you're not doing anything. Do you struggle with that or have you been like really productive and stuff? <laughs> yeah completely. Um
1: like I mentioned earlier, like I've been trying not to push myself to be too creative and do too much because I feel like I end up getting too stressed, but um, I'm definitely trying now in the new year to be a bit more productive and, you know, kind of come up with a schedule of like today I'm going to do this and then today I'm going to just lounge around all day and do nothing and then today I'm going to do this. Um, It's just kind of finding what works at the minute. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I think everyone should follow that advice. Um, (laughs) And let's jump straight in then. Basically, I start off most of the podcast with asking people about what um, growing up was like for them. It's a bit of a loaded question, but whatever springs to mind, um, especially in terms of like being queer, being gay and stuff like that and expressing yourself. So could you give us a bit of background information if that's okay? of course. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, So I grew up with my mum and dad. I had quite a
1: really good upbringing regarding childhood. So like my parents are still together. I had a really lovely sisters, brother, uh, mum and dad, nan and everything like that. So I had like a really fab family upbringing. However, I had a lot of bullying at school and I think that was predominantly from being gay. Uh, like I can remember literally as far back as year two. So like the age of like four to five from having people like call me like gay, fag, queer, you know, stuff like that. So like school was horrid for me, <laughs> but um, I feel like that definitely shaped me because I don't know if you know, but I am quite a um, argumentative, <laughs> argumentative one. Um, But I think that, that definitely going through that at school and all the way up until sixth form uh having to deal with you know just straight people predominantly even sometimes people that weren't straight were also jumping in on it to kind of um push push it off from themselves and put it onto me so they weren't the targets uh it really made me grow a tough skin and a thick skin so that when people say stuff about me now I kind of just like brush it off I'm like yeah yeah whatever sound cool and I don't really let things
0: bother me as such um so yeah very... I, haven't, I haven't seen that argumentative side um are you sure <laughs> I've only seen your lovely side <laughs> uh it's because I've gone tw- I've gone private on Twitter so that's probably why. <laughs> um
1: no I'm someone that if I get along with someone I really will get along with you and I'll be lovely and everything but there's times where like say if me and someone don't get along I just won't give them the time of day and, like, that's that's just who I am. I can't be someone that's, you know, a bit, like, fake in that and will be, like, besties if I don't get along with you. Yeah, like, if I don't get along with you, you'll probably more than likely no. But, no, you're lovely. I have no reason to get not get along with you. I love you.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, thanks, Sam. Um, but, yeah, at least you haven't been banned yet from Twitter, like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, God, no. I don't think I'm nowhere near as bad as Donald Trump, Jesus. But he's no, definitely not, not
1: hoping... Is <laughs> to uh, 2021 being a dreadful year But also being the year that Donald Trump has finally taken off social media So you win some, you lose some
0: I did see a, a cake, going off topic a bit I did see a meme, I don't know if you see it like, There's a cake um, with like Donald Trump's being deactivated on Twitter And someone's made a cake
1: <laughs> <laughs> The memes are what keep me going, honestly I Some of the memes that have already came out of the, what, 13 days now? 13 days Have literally been Just everything, like the ones at the minute that I don't know what's 2021, they're just really rolling them out, some proper good (laughs) memes. Um, my favorite are just honestly, I can't even name just some of them. Just like my new favorite ones are the ones where people just like will take a second scene of like, for example, X Factor, and they'll just like put a statement and then just use this one second scene. For example, like the 10 where it's like 10 just <laughs> using that like it makes me scream and it can be the smallest thing ever but it just absolutely makes me howl like yeah
0: yeah I think that's what's happened to get through isn't it at the minute um, <laughs> but um but yeah linking them back to like saying like sticking up for yourself and stuff I kind of wanted to I, I, I can't actually link this in with like today actually because um linking in with like your dragon performing then um do you think that you have to kind of do that when you're in drag and performing um because I know a lot of drag queens might face like comments off people good and bad um so yeah jumping forward to that before we talk a bit more about growing up Mm -hmm. um what do you think you've had been fine with stuff with like getting along in with people in drag do you like do you know like audience members commenting on stuff like drunk oh. straight people sorry yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah no no of course sorry um no like
1: i i i don't really get a lot of negativity from audience members audience members like at shows and that are usually really chill Like you'll get the odd one that come up and asks the very like personal questions regarding like what's in your underwear like what do you identify as stuff like that and like do it in a manner that isn't as polite and they're very like hands-on straightforward which can be a bit like back off or I'm gonna whack you with my size 9 shoe um but like other than that like I feel like I settled in with the Birmingham drag scene because I've been doing drag now for four four years something like that a long time you know what I think it might be longer I think it yeah about four to five years um But I settled in really well. I found that when I first started, it was more the older queens that I had issues with. And I think that's a lot of, especially for the new sort of style of drag, people have been doing it a couple of years and that, is that the cabaret sort of queens were, when I was starting, were very quick to be like, oh, this new style of drag's trying to push us out, blah, 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 blah. Um, And they definitely came around to it now and they're nowhere near as bad as what the comments were when we first started. But that was my main issue when I started drag was that a lot of the seasoned veteran queens were very defensive. Uh, Defense is is a good word I'd say. So it was like, that taught me to also have a thick skin because you had the the energy of being new in a very big scene and like having to stand out in this new scene, uh, as opposed to then having people that have been around years and years and years and being like like plowing negativity onto you because they're jealous of what you're doing and they're anxious of what you're doing and whether what you're doing is going to affect them so yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that can (laughs) be hard it's like within the within community when there's problems in in that sense can't it um especially if you're like new and with confidence and stuff I was just gonna make a point actually about that um in terms of like my performing arts background but first I think I did see something I don't know if you might not be able to remember but wasn't there a meme with you or like a funny picture where an audience member was like inappropriate with you and was I can't have I made that up or? yeah no. If you I don't want exactly. to talk about it,
1: that's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I know exactly what one you're on about. This was from, um, it was from 2018 because I can remember because it came up on my memories not too long ago, and I was performing at the Nightingale Club. God bless her. Love Nightingale. And um, there's like the bars at the front of the gale, and I'd held onto the bars on the stage and put like my leg up, and as I was there, some man like just slid his hand in between my fingers and just kind of try to hold my hand as there was on this bar. And thank God, I think it was um, Peaches Monroe who had caught it on video. They just saw my face slowly just turn in complete disgust and just smack the hand. And like, it was just such a quick reaction that like, I had no clue what was going on. just felt someone instantly grabbing my hand and I was just like, what the hell?" But um, it was just so funny. And I think Jenna and Peaches, um, edited it so it zoomed directly into my face and my face was just there like I just trudging dog poo or something it was just it was very funny I enjoyed that <laughs> and it went quite viral I think it had like a couple thousand views um obviously not viral viral but it got like a fair amount of traction online so that was
0: funny <laughs> yeah like it, it did look funny but at the time was it a bit like a bit like awkward or do you know that that sort of things happen do you think it's kind of a mixture of like when you look back at it it's funny but at the time it's a bit like
1: uh. oh yeah like um completely there's been times that one wasn't too bad but there's been times for example when I've been performing in venues where there's been customers that have just been too much too grabby like trying to get on stage while you're performing and that and it can get to a point where you're literally like like I want to fight these people or I am getting really angry it's putting me off of like what I'm doing um but I think because I kind of like when I first started a lot of the places where I was performing people weren't really interested in the performances anyway and like it was kind of like background noise so I think I kind of got used to that anyway and very quickly know how to react when someone's not giving you their attention if you understand what I mean yeah
0: yeah yeah, definitely. Um, I've yeah, I've faced that a lot of the time where people have been a bit inappropriate and stuff. Um, yeah. And I think um, like I don't know what you think about this point, but sometimes I feel like as well if you're like a guy, um, and people don't necessarily take it as seriously. Like if you like say, oh, I'm not really comfortable, or you try and tell people like, that as this society view that yeah, yeah. oh, if you're a guy, you should appreciate being um felt up. But do you know what I mean? Do you think do you think yeah, that? I don't or, know what I mean.
1: Uh, Yeah I I do get what you mean I think a lot of people see predominantly drag queens who are the quote-unquote men AMAB presenting and identifying I think a lot of them just see it as their comedy sort of it's we're there for their entertainment and that they can do whatever they like as free will but like I think that happens with everyone whether you're uh, AFAB, AMAB, drag kings, drag queens drag things, everyone in between. I think a lot of the time, people that aren't used to drag culture or performance culture in general, um, they don't know the line. And I think that, especially when alcohol is involved, which a lot of the time at our shows where we work, it is involved. Um, the lines can get very quickly blurred. So they don't understand that what they're doing isn't on. And they're just think, oh yeah, it's just a bit of fun, like blah, 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 blah. But yeah, no, I completely got what you mean.
0: Yeah and, and I know like you said as well like as you become like a more experienced performer um, I guess it's sort of easy to sort of deal with it. Not like you, sh- it should you know it's anyone's fault or anything but you kind of not get used to it but. You come like, up with you... that quick reaction speed to be able to know what to say like this yeah, is happening and you shut it down really quick. How to deal with it or how to get help or but um, yeah well thanks for sharing all of that and I just wanted to go a bit um, move on about in the community and stuff like that Um so in terms of like well I'm just going to link it back with me for a second because um, I haven't really had much experience in, with like coming up against older queens and stuff like that but I had like a performing arts background I don't know if you did um, in terms of like I used to, the only sort of competitiveness I faced is like with um, auditions and stuff. Like I used to go to yeah, performing yeah. art school. Um, so I do remember this um, one time where um, I wasn't that confident, but I, I decided to audition for, um, do you know, um, Hairspray? The, I think um, it's the drag queen in it called Edna. Is that right? Uh, yeah. 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 I wasn't very confident. And then I sort of decided to audition for that. Um, obviously, if I had auditioned for that now, I'd probably... Might have had a better chance, but I was a bit younger, um, and and yeah. thought it was very clicky. Like I think the same people sort of got the same role, so obviously I didn't get that role. Um, but I can't. Kind of, sometimes I feel like you kind of come up against that as well, and um, with opportunities and stuff in the performing arts world, not just in drag, yeah, but in yeah, general. Something. Um, so it's kind of difficult, isn't it, if you're new and you're trying to find your place? You, I know you've got to have respect for like the people who've been around for a long time, but also it's like you want to be given an opportunity as well. So I don't know what your um, opinions are on that. It's quite like a broad topic.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I get not you mean. Um I it's kind of one of them where like I will always respect the people that come before me. Um people like Twiggy, Lacey, um Marty, people that have been doing it for years, Queenie, uh China Death Crash, all the people that started at the gale and like the Queens who like put drag in Birmingham on the scene and made it what it is. I'll always respect them and have such compassion for them, but respect is a 2 way street. So what I found sometimes is that that respect's not always given back, um, which is a bit demoralising because then, especially if for myself, I was going out seeing these queens performing in that and then like going up to them or like, after I would started drag, going up to them, asking them for help and a lot of the times they just wouldn't really necessarily be interested in giving me the time of the day. Um, and I don't know whether that was because they had a negative opinion on newer drag artists because of previous experiences that has happened with others. But it was a bit like, oh God, like it made me question a lot. Do I actually want to get into this? Because is it just a really catty sort of scene to be in? And is it going to be constant like bickering or like bitchiness and blah, 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 blah. Which I mean, we're at drag queens. It has, you know, a lot of the time it is that. But I think a lot of it comes from... You know, like not friendliness, but like there's a level, and I think a lot of people know where there's a difference between being shady and petty, and that, and then just being outright like not and being a bit nastier. So yeah, I feel like, um, especially at the time, it was more competitive in Birmingham because there was fewer spaces. Uh, whereas now, obviously pre-lockdown, there was a lot more spaces for everyone to have involvement in and obviously then in them few months where we had like a break from lockdown kind of so to speak and venues had started opening and doing shows again there wasn't as many opportunities for everyone to get involved with so I feel like a lot of competitive behavior came back during them couple of months which hopefully doesn't stick around because there's no need like getting
0: competitive um if that makes sense, I don't know, I think I'm rambling on. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really good, I like I the points that you made, and in, since we've just mentioned, like, competitiveness, then, I wanted to, sort of, um, ask your view on it, because I guess you've probably got some positive um, experiences of being competitive, as well, in, like, competitions and stuff, but I, I don't think I've had many um, positive experience with, like, competitiveness, like, because I always think about it, like, at school, like, with, um, and with, like, masculinity, yeah. like, who can be, like, the strongest, who can be, like, the most best at sports, or even at stage school and stuff it's kind of like sometimes it's this masculine energy of like oh who can be the best and stuff with competitiveness um but I don't know there can also be like the positive side of competitiveness as well can't there? like obviously it can give people opportunities it can push people to be better and stuff so in terms of like um competitiveness and your experience of like competitions with drag or performing in general what what would you say with that and what's your view on like um competitions of being competitive I, um, so obviously like one of the main
1: places where I started was in competitions. So I did, uh, Church of Wyshear, God bless. Um, still going now pre-lockdown and hopefully after lockdown. Uh, but I started obviously doing that and that was how I kind of got into the Birmingham drag scene was by competing in that. And the first year I mainly just as you know a gateway into the Birmingham drag scene and to be able to you know get myself more involved in performing in that and get more experience and it was definitely a positive experience because that's what happened and ultimately I ended up getting my first gigs residencies out of doing church because people got to know me following that Um, and then obviously I did the second year uh, which was the year where it was me, Dominus, Lilith, The winner, Big D, and Flick in the top five, and that year, (laughs) that year was very competitive for me. I don't know if you've seen the photo, but there's a photo of me on stage after uh, the winner was announced, and I look heartbroken. It's so funny, Um, and I think it was because I was in that that sort of stage of not being exactly happy with how I was going with drag, and I felt like you know I should have been doing better than what I was doing so I was letting it get to me um whereas now I've just kind of learned to be like you know what you was doing what you was doing at the time look where you are now um so <laughs> at the time I was like in the zone I was like if I don't win this I'm gonna be fuming and then of course I didn't um so it it humbled me because then I was like don't put all your eggs in one basket don't put too much determination into these things and I'll always treasure doing it because it brought one of my best performances out into you know the world uh, my alien number that I did which is gone but not forgotten because the artists of the songs are now cancelled for right reasons so I won't be doing that number anytime soon but um it comes competitions in hindsight and in a lack of words is good because it gives new artists a new chance to develop and experience and get themselves out there but I feel like if you've been doing it a while it's more than that and it gets a bit negative if you if you were someone that is competitive naturally which I am and you're an all-or-nothing kind of person that goes in wanting to do your very best I feel like competitions aren't a good thing because then when you don't do your best and when you then pick apart, like, oh, well, I could have done this at this point to change this and that and that, which I find myself doing all the time. It just hinders you more. Um, and I think that's definitely what happened with me, is that I did the second year of church, and then we did Midnight Mass, and then I went and did Lip Sync 1000 in London, which, to be fair, Lip Sync 1000 was really fun. I think myself and Waishi are the only queens from Birmingham who went and done it uh, and got to the final. I don't know if anyone else has done it but that was a really fun experience and I did that mainly to branch out into a new city because that was in London um so that was more for branching out which kind of took me back to that start of doing it for experience exposure and that um but I'm kind of happy with where I am now to know that I don't need to do competitions to get anything if you get what I mean
0: yeah I think that's that's definitely that's hit all the right um, points and I think yeah sometimes it can depend if you how you feel and if it's right for you because I haven't entered many competitions because I haven't thought it's it's kind of like right for me at the minute but I'm, I'll, I'll probably be open to it because I think you try got to try and be open to stuff haven't yeah. you to try it um but yeah I've loved all your competition when you entries when I've seen you and the alien one was fun yeah um no, but definitely. yeah and it was nice to see i think when you did the lipstick 1000 didn't like people go and support you and stuff to watch that so it's kind of like yeah. sense of community as well isn't it
1: yeah so um it was in london and i think it was myself and i think there was eight of us all in all that went down um and we got a like, hotel room for the night and we just went there and more than anything it was a competition uh but more than anything it was just a fun night out it was a chance for us all to go up there down there sorry go down to London just have a nice drink chill you know I'll go on stage and perform at this massive venue because it was at the Clapham Grand so it was like a really big massive venue I think it was like more or less nearly sold out I think it was about a thousand odd people there um it was huge so just being able to say oh well I've performed there and done that that was like good enough for me really I wasn't as invested in that and I was like you know what win lose draw disqualification whatever happens I'm gonna make it my mission to just have fun tonight and that's what happened and I did have fun with that and and it definitely brought out like a lot of people did mention about how it was really nice to see so many people from the Birmingham community come down to be there for the final and uh, I think it was because a lot of the people that went were drag queens, drag kings, uh, performers from Birmingham who just wanted to, you know, be there to kind of support someone who had went and kind of done it primarily to put Birmingham drag on the map is why I wanted to do it because I feel like Birmingham drag and Birmingham performers aren't seen as high as other performers around the UK. and I feel like we look down a lot on, and this is something that I've spoken about a lot is that I feel like the Birmingham drag scene if I was to compare it to anything, it's like the Chicago drag scene of America, in a sense of everyone's got their own unique sort of style, preference, performance, uh, look, and everyone has a place for that, and everyone can do that, and everyone is respected. Although it might not be something that one this audience member may not like it, there'll be enough another people and a new word, sorry. <laughs> there'll be another person who absolutely loves it, and there'll be another person that loves it. And Everyone's art is respected here.
0: How would you, company. how would you describe like your makeup style or your your drag slash performer style then, or um, was it change, or was it different, changing and stuff like that?
1: I would say it's definitely changed from when I first started. When I first started, I'd perform like, you know, Lady Gaga, Cardi Rae Jepsen, um, like Brooke Candy and stuff like that, like more pop stuff. But now, I, like it's kind of I went back to what I wanted to do when I first started is that now I perform more stuff like Paramore, Fall Out Boy, more alternative sort of like that naughty sort of pop rock and like I don't I found that by doing that I don't put as much stress on myself like two years ago if I did a performance I'd have it all videoed I'd go home and I'd spend an hour dissecting the video being like I did this part wrong blah 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 yet now I've been doing stuff that I enjoy more and I just kind of get on with it and I'm like oh well I messed up this bit but that's fine I still had fun and I think that's learned because I'm now doing stuff that I feel more comfortable doing so I'd say that like I'd describe my drag now as the uh, pop punk princess the triple p (laughs) um it's kind of how I want to push myself more as an aesthetic to be and kind of have that sort of like alternative flair but still kind of like pretty and polished and stuff like that if you get do you get what I mean
0: yeah I'd say I'd say as well I've I've interpreted your drag to be like quite edgy as well and like obviously yeah it's quite, some there's some cutesy parts in there as well
1: yeah yeah definitely like though you'll never know like some days i have come up really like glamorous and everything like a, a styled wig lovely dress and everything but then other days I'll come with like messy liner uh, a mullet wig and a ripped jacket and I'm like yeah sound yeah,
0: <laughs> like you'll
1: never know what you'll get and I think that's what I like and that's what I enjoy about drag is the surprise of what you're gonna do and what you're gonna
0: get I was just gonna talk a bit as well a bit about your um dancing and <laughs> your death drops as well um because <laughs> with, with mine I, I just want to talk a bit about like how you um figure out your like dancing your choreography and stuff because with yeah. me I in terms of like masculine and feminine and stuff, um I think you saw this show actually and at uh, the movie show. You came to that one, didn't you? The yeah, yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. So with that one, um you might not remember, but I I did like two like acts, but one of them was more feminine, like Dorothy. And then one of them yeah, was like I the Wizard of something. Oz.
1: So the Wizard of Oz is more like
0: masculine and stuff. So I kind of like yourself. Like I try like to kind of experiment and in both of them, I think that's the first time I tried to sort of push my choreography and dancing a bit. Um, -hmm. so I think I don't know. I was kind of nervous to do dancing at first because I kind of thought like had this perfectionist idea like oh to do dancing in my routine it needs to be like perfect or do you know what I mean? It needs to be either masculine or feminine. But I kind of like to merge it all. Um, but yeah. So with your dancing and your um your performances can talk a bit about that yeah yeah so I um I did a bit of dance at school not
1: too much but like a, a, like the basics um and it wasn't something I was ever really interested in because my parents always used to say I had two left feet uh, because I just I couldn't dance I couldn't ice skate I couldn't even walk I was really really clumsy as a kid so I had two left feet so then when I actually started like doing drag I knew that I wanted to get in to doing like more high energy dancy sort of numbers. So um, I kind of just spent hours and hours and days and days just looking up drag performances and just kind of like seeing what these performers were doing and being like, right, that's what I want to do. But instead of just copying it for the exact thing, I'd kind of shake it up a bit and try and add like a difference to it. And of course, like I say that, but everyone nowadays is doing, you know, the same sort of eight count and death drop and a split and that at this point and that. Um, I think that's kind of what also pushed me off of not wanting to no longer do that style is that it's became very oversaturated, very quick. And I think especially thanks to Drag Race where every lip sync for your life now, you'll see someone do a death drop or a split and this and that. Whereas flashback to season five, season six, you wouldn't be seeing that. You'd be seeing like maybe one or two queens on the lineup doing that. And that would be like, they'd be like, oh my God, they're that sort of queen that does that. Whereas now, if you go on drag race, nearly every queen that goes on knows how to do something like that. So it's like it's lost its sort of momentum and it's lost its its wow factor. So I kind of wanted to move away from that. But everything that I did myself, so like death drops and that and splits, I learned Pretty much myself, like I taught myself in my house by <laughs> doing a death drop onto my mattress on the floor, and just kind of hoping for the best.
0: <laughs> I love, I love all your high energy acts actually. Um, and I was going to mention one of them that that like, really inspired me. But first, I just wanted to ask, um do you, like, say you did a bit of dancing when you were younger. Do you think, like, were you ever thought, "Oh, I, d- I can't do this because it, it might be too feminine," or if other people were like oh, projecting yeah. like toxic masculinity ideals? Because yeah. with performing arts and everything obviously the fact that I did performing arts and I chose all performing arts subjects for GCSE, that's when I really started enjoying school a bit better but obviously yeah. there was like this, everyone was, didn't, t- thought like maths and science, nothing against that but it was more like like to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So no, get, yeah.
0: your experiences of like dancing or performing oh, arts yeah. sort of?
1: So no, I definitely had that, I can remember, so I did dance in year nine, it was right before we went into GCSEs and the dance teacher because i moved schools at year 9 so i'd finished my first school at year 8 because my mum had took me out because of bullying and then i moved to this new school for the start of year 9 and within a week of being there the dance teacher had actually made comments about me to her whole class basically saying that i was too gay this and that uh thankfully she ended up getting really in trouble for it because they came, like the class, someone in the class had came and told me, and I took it further to the principal head teacher and she ended up getting a warning. And I think she left a couple of months following that, Um, but that put me off of it completely. So I didn't do it as a GCSE, but I did do performing performing arts as a GCSE, which I was in a really good group in a sense that there was a lot of straight men in there. I don't know if some of them are straight now. Let's be honest. Some of them may have been in the closet. Um, one or two uh, who I've seen living their life on Grinder. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was in like a really good group when it came to performing arts. as There was a mix of like straight men, straight women, queer women and queer men and people in between. Uh, not that I knew anyone that was non-binary in that group. Um, But I feel like I had a really good time in performing arts and that kind of made me also chill with the fact that I was um, more feminine than masculine because no one in that group really judged me for that. I think that everyone down in my performing arts group, which was the main GCSE that I took, uh, were definitely a lot more calmer and chill and really didn't care. So um, I had a good time performing arts, but yeah, dan- uh, it wasn't until when I started drag that I finally started picking up dance again because of what had happened with that teacher,
0: which was a shame. But now you can be like, look at me now bitch. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> oh God, yeah,
1: literally. When I did, um, when I danced for Charlie X like XCX last year, the first thing I did the next day, I took a video, got the video off of the Instagram and just posted it on Facebook. And I was like, to all the people at school that used to call me this and that, well, look at me now. And just literally, like, it it may have sounded really big-headed and being like, oh, look at me, like, gloating. But in my eyes, what it was is a big fuck you. Sorry, can I swear? I am okay to swear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big fuck you to all the people at school that used to take the piss out of me for being too gay, too feminine, too, like, not masculine and all that. And then they were, well, look at me now. I'm wearing what is classed as female clothes, quotation marks dancing in a wig on stage for someone that you can only ever dream of even seeing in a concert. So who's winning?
0: <laughs> I bet that was really fun doing that. And but I, I agree, you should definitely like have these celebrated, celebrating moments. Don't you think? Because like, as a queer person, if you like judged your whole life, then if you've got like celebrate, like these moments that you can celebrate yourself, go for it. Cause was that really fun then doing that?
1: Oh yeah, it was amazing. It was like, it was such a last second thing. So I was at work and I think I got the text message at three o'clock and then I had to be there at six o'clock um, and I didn't finish work until six o'clock. So I had to um, I had to take no lunch break that whole day and use my lunch break to finish at five. Uh, got a taxi home from work at five and I lived, I didn't live in the city centre at the time. So I had to get like a 15 minute taxi from town to home get into full drag and be there by six. It was literally such a rush to get there. I looked, I looked such a state. Like I think i would literally just got like two green eyeshadows on my finger and just went like rub and then an <laughs> eyeliner. Um, but I got there in time. And then it was just like, it was so surreal. Just like being able to meet Charlie. She was so sweet and really kind. And then just getting on stage in front of so many people. Um, Cause it was the second time I performed at the O2. Um, but the first time it was nowhere near as busy. It was, it was quite busy, but it was nowhere near. Uh, so being able to go back there and then do it to like a full crowd. And the crowd was just so like invested. Like I can't even remember being on stage. I have to watch the video to remember it because it just went like, it just went by so quick and it was just a blur, but it was so fun, like genuinely. Like, it was definitely one of the most funnest experiences I've had with drag ever
0: yeah it looked it slaying it and with with Coco King and who else did it as well yeah
1: so it was um me, Black Pepper, Coco King, the iconic House of a Law member, um Jenna and Lacey so it was a good group like a really good group
0: yeah you that that I bet that was amazing and um, well we're, we're nearly at the end of the interview now I just wanted to I forgot to mention actually um about the favourite performance. I liked um, your Kalani one. I can't oh, remember. Oh, yeah. What um, was what was, Can you remember? It's uh, Fake in It from Kalani and Calvin
1: Harris. I do love that. That is a really fun one to do. I've not done that in a while.
0: Yeah, I loved that one because it was really dancing and I saw it. And then after, I don't know whether you like see someone perform and then after you like listen to the song, you like it gets into the song. So you yeah. you like introduced me to that song. So I was like, oh, yeah, um that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did that, um, the first time I did that was when I
1: went to Scotland for the very first time and I can remember performing it there and it was just like, it was a good performance, but I, once again, at the time I was in that kind of stage of eating, like, and dissecting away any sort of things that I did, so when I finished, I came out of it being like, that's terrible, I hated it, I'm never doing that song again, and then when I did it the second time at the village, Uh, It was the week after my Lip Sync 1000 finale. So I had came off this buzz of doing really well there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this song and I'm going to, you know, give it another try. And I was, I can remember watching the video back and I still got that video on my phone actually of me doing that number. And I can remember watching it, I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed doing that number. And I think that was one of my favorite performances
0: I've done. Um, Can you leave us with any last final words before we go? Yeah, oh God, definitely. (laughs) Just do you.
1: Just do you. <laughs> just do you. Um, definitely. I don't know if that makes sense. Just be you and just have fun with it. Don't take drag too seriously and don't take performing too seriously because the moment you do, you lose the fun with it.
0: I would like to thank Jay for coming onto this podcast. If you want to catch more of Jay, then check them out on Instagram at thejayandre. Thanks for listening to Lock Laroos Locker Room. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Lux Bye. Oh, sorry, I need to put (laughs)
1: up. It's all
0: right.
1: Um, (laughs) um, Oh God, it's gone. (laughs) I can edit it out, if not. Open up the bloopers. Yeah. (laughs)